I'm Paul Sullivan, your host on the Company of Dads podcast, where we explore the sweet, sublime, strange, and silly aspects of being a lead dad in a world where men often feel they have to hide or at least not talk about their parenting role. I know this from firsthand experience as a lead dad to my three girls, three dogs, three cats, and somewhat remarkably, three fish. I did this all while managing my career and striving to be an above average husband. One thing I know for sure about being a lead dad is it's not a normal role. You're not doing what dads have traditionally done, going to work and leaving the parenting to mom or someone else. Nor are you always welcome into the world where moms are the primary caregivers. But here at The Company of Dads, our goal is to shake all that off and focus on what really matters, family, friendship, finance, and fun. Today, my guest is Max Rivera, New York City firefighter and lead dad with two kids got an amazing background, having started in the music business, worked for some high-profile restaurateurs in New York City, and after 9-11, shifted his focus to becoming a firefighter. His wife is an attorney and in-house counsel at a large asset management firm, and he's got a son, three and a half, and a daughter, nine months old yesterday. Welcome, Max, live from Park Slope, Brooklyn, to the Company of Dads podcast. Yes, yes. Thank you, Paul. All right, I got to ask you, start off here. What's harder to respond to, uh, a three-alarm fire or kids <laughs> screaming in the middle of the night? Oh, man. Um, you know what? There's a lot of overlap there because there are oftentimes kids screaming in the middle of the night at three-alarm fires. But when they are your own children, uh, I, I'd have to say that's harder. It's always um, – there's a lot of overlap in the job, but there's – there's something very specific when it's your own child and it's never easy. You never know exactly what you're doing. Whereas at a fire, we have SOPs. There's always opportunities to deviate, but the reality is we pull up to a building. We see what we see. We make a decision and we go forward with the plan. Your child's screaming, you open the door to his room and who knows what you're going to find. <laughs> <laughs> that mystery continues to stop me every single time it happens. I remember, so I've got, I've got three kids, three daughters, 12, nine, and four. And when my wife was pregnant with our first daughter, we went to the, the local hospital in Sanford, uh, Connecticut, and we did one of those parenting classes. And you sit there and it's, you know, six o'clock at night, they got some donuts, you got a, a, yeah. a cup of coffee, and somebody's teaching you how to swaddle a baby. And you're like, this, this, this shit's easy. I, I got this. And then yeah. when you actually have a child and it's the middle of the night, and this, I was like, you know what? This class would be better done, like in the middle of the night, after you've had like four beers, uh, you've got a full bladder and somebody's yelling at you. So that's why I think yeah. you have a leg up on the rest of us yeah. as a firefighter. You, you were, you've trained for crises, you trained under pressure. And so when you open that door, you're like, you just got to react to what you see. You're like, okay. Yeah. A lot of guys I work with talk about that. The overnights actually being slightly easier for us as dads, um, given our, our profession. Than it is for the moms, but you know what? They're they're feeding. Uh, they have a completely different job assignment than what we have. Oftentimes, it's just wake up, go console the baby, maybe hold the baby, maybe feed the baby if the baby's being bottle fed. But uh, certainly, like I said, there's overlap. It, there's something unique to being a fireman and uh, waking up overnight and having to kind of immediately go to work. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit. Uh, we're going to focus on on on, yeah, on your role now as a lead dad and, and as a firefighter, and, and talk a little bit about your wife. But what were you doing before? How how did you get into this? Tell me your 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 kind of history, but before you became an NYFD uh, firefighter. Gosh, um, so I've been I've wanted to be a firefighter since mm, 
probably like four years old, if I'm, if I'm being honest. And it, it, I think that happens to a lot of four-year-olds. So backdraft comes out. I mean, out it's, it's and, pretty cool. I mean, you got the truck, the siren, the ladder. I mean, there's nothing yeah. like a four-year-old. That's cool. And, and honestly, like I always wanted a job that was like super straightforward that you say, hey, this is what I do. And a four-year-old completely, for the most part, understands what it is. Um, so I, I've always admired that about the profession. It's uh, pretty simple. Whether you're watching a movie like Gangs of New York or Backdraft, it's water on fire. And that's the best thing we've come up with since the beginning of time. Uh, so I love the tradition. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to be a New Yorker. So my hometown team, besides the Yankees, is the FDNY. So it felt uh, to a certain extent, not necessarily like a birthright, but just this is the team that I wanted to play for. There was no other place in the world that I'd want to be a firefighter. So at four years old, I see this movie and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is it for me. My interests kind of fade and they take me a little bit more on a, uh, uh, a sine wave of sort of uh, ideas and ambitions throughout my life. Uh, 9-11 happened in my hometown, in my backyard, and this renewed sort of shift kind of lights up within me and and I start thinking more seriously about becoming a firefighter. My mother sort of cautioned against me joining the fire department and it had nothing to do with the the level of danger. I mean obviously there was some concern there, but the fire department is just like this really old guard, uh old institution. It feels almost impenetrable and sort of archaic in the way that they do their hiring process. It happens once every four, maybe four plus years. Uh, oh, wow. Everything is dependent on a test. And most people that take the civil service tests are hired if they get a perfect score. So uh, the, the the margins are super thin. It's like 60 to 70,000 people take the test every four years and uh, maybe 2,000 get hired. So, uh, and did you have anybody, anybody in your family, you know, parents, no. uncles, cousins? No, no, no. Okay. No firefighters. And as, as you can imagine, the, the, the fire department has a lot of legacy. Uh, in particular, um, after 9-11, a lot of a lot of sons and daughters went on to join the ranks because of uh, their fathers losing their lives in the line of duty. So uh, a ton of legacy. And I had none of it. Um, it was just a motivation from the very beginning. And I started getting this sort of obsessive level uh, within the job. They call it being a buff. But this obsessive level and interest in wanting to join the fire department and trying to figure out what it took to join the fire department, trying to figure out what it took to get an ideal assignment. Like not only was it um, uh, enough for me to become a firefighter, but I wanted to go someplace where I would be busy, where I would get to practice my craft and go to fires as weird as that sounds within the world of the fire department. That's, that's um, really highly sought. So I spent, uh, almost a decade trying to figure out how to become a firefighter. And I did a lot of other things along the way, but, uh, when, when the moment came in 2015 and I got the call, I was thrilled. That's awesome. That's awesome. Talk about, you know, I know you're at your second firehouse and fire station. Talk about the first one and, and talk about, you know, what you, what you've learned that was different than what you expected in, in being a firefighter. Oh man. Um, I'm trying to see if I have sort of like an anecdotal story I can share. Cause there's definitely a lot about the fire department that it, it's uh, it's almost hard to articulate. You can't really fully explain. And if you're not on the job that said, um, I guess I'd expected really compassionate, thoughtful, um, highly intelligent, highly motivated uh, colleagues, but I was still blown away when I encountered the people that I got a chance to work with. 
uh, in Flatbush. I mean, Brooklyn has its own unique brand of firefighting. We're um, very motivated, uh, eager to get to whatever the emergency is. And uh, I, I was instantly struck by that brand and that level of um, sort of uh, commitment's not the right word because everyone on the job is committed, but yeah. it, it's it's a high level of motivation. Um, but I, I found that the people were incredible. Uh, the area was really special, extremely diverse. And I, that's where I learned to just be a basic firefighter. You know, we, we went to fires, we stretched hoses, we put fi- out fires, and we got to learn some life lessons and have some laughs and, you know, have a couple of uh, hairy moments too. Yeah. Yeah. And now, but now you're at a different unit and talk to me a little bit about what this, this sort of special unit does and how it helps out, you know, other firefighters around the city. Yeah, sure. So after uh, almost six years of fighting fires, uh, I put in an application to join special operations. Uh, I moved to a special operations unit about 10 months ago. I changed boroughs. So I got to see something totally different. Now I'm going to fires on the 30th and 40th floors and uh, in the second and third sub cellars and below major landmarks and instantly recognizable places from Grand Central to Penn Station to Madison Square Garden. Uh, It's a completely different world. And while I always understood the city and I had a relationship with Manhattan um, from early on, it's just, it's taken a completely different turn uh, now as, as a firefighter. So I get to sort of learn about the city through that lens. Also within special operations, we're tasked with uh, a multitude of other sort of rescue disciplines. So high angle rope rescue, blind elevator shafts, moving heavy things through rigging, uh, water rescue, diving into the East River and Hudson for people that decide to go for a swim. And we're also uh, responsible for going to every sort of fire of consequence in the borough. And being a a safeguard and a unit that is not only operating but there in case of an emergency uh and in particular in case of emergency for a a fellow firefighter this is amazing but yet at the same time you said it can still be a little scarier going into your three and a half year old's room at two in the morning it can it's just it's it's uh look I, i take my job really personal but just a different level of personal when it's your when it's your child <laughs> you know one of the things when i was you know you get it you're working on the idea that became the company of dads i was trying to think of yeah. you know what type of men could be lead dads and i thought you know it, it's obviously somebody who has a, some level of control over their schedule um you know some dads are you know fully involved just with their kids and that that's cool some have a a super flexible schedule you can work a couple hours here or a couple hours at night get it done whatever and then there are, you know, guys like you that have uh, more of a fixed uh, schedule, uh, you know, three, three days on, four days off. How does that help you sort of fulfill your responsibilities as, as, a, as a dad, as a lead dad, as a, as a husband, but also as a, a firefighter? How is that helpful to you? So with, uh, with, with rare exception, I'm actually gone uh, closer to 27-ish hours with the commute uh, for any period of time for work. And then I have uh, anywhere from 24 to maybe 72 hours off. It, it does depend. Um, the the hard part is being away from the family. That's the toughest, toughest aspect. Um, I try not to take my work home. And I'm fortunate that I have to be in the firehouse and I have to be responding to emergencies in order 
to do my job. So I don't have the endless email pings that say my wife gets as a corporate lawyer. Um, but it is 2022. So we have all these other notification systems for those of us that are into knowing what firefighters are doing when they're off work. So there is a little bit of a, I, I can't ever seem to get away, but I have the good good fortune of being able to put the job down. The hardest part is going into work and putting the family down because my cell phone is always ringing. There's always a crisis. There's always uh, this child spitting up or this person woke up twice overnight. Um, and, and you want to be there. And it's so hard because it always seems like, right, those things happen when you're working. Yeah, yeah, and always. the two days that you're off are just totally um, unremarkable. But the, the biggest challenge, or I guess the biggest motivating factor is I have the time away. And so that whole time I get to focus on work to the best of my abilities. Uh, obviously, I'm always hearing about what's happening at home. But that kind of inspires me to be even more motivated and even more involved in my children's lives when I'm off work. And I try to take as much as possible off my wife's plate because she's got a big high profile job and she's doing really important things, uh, much more important than I'm doing in, in a that. lot of ways. You know, so. <laughs> it's not, it's not, no, it's not about one doing, you know, more important than yeah. the other. It's about people, you know, the whole ethos of the company of dads is people fulfilling their potential. You wanted to yeah. be a firefighter since you were four years old and you've succeeded yeah. in doing that. Your wife is a corporate attorney. She's fulfilling her potential in that way. And you, yeah. as somebody who can take stuff off her plate, as you said, you as a lead dad can, yeah. you know, help her fulfill her potential. Yet you still, hey, you have an awesome job. You're in, you know, yeah. in a New York City uh firefighter. It's incredible. Yeah. No, I I um I'm lucky to have the job that I have. I love my job. Um but yeah, I I, I do things like figuring out uh what schools our children should go to or play dates or you name it. Whenever I have a day off, um, and particularly on weekends, when I know my wife also has a little bit more downtime, I try to be as involved as possible uh, with the children. It's interesting. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys uh, who are lead dads and they said sometimes it's difficult to get, you know, more traditional caregivers, moms or, or, or babysitters or nannies to sort of engage with them to have a play date because they're like the dad. But I'm thinking you got a, a built-in advantage because, I mean, you can literally show up with the fire hat, you know, bring the yeah, boots, yeah, yeah. and the kids are like, oh, my God, you know, it's, it's Hollis's dad. He's the coolest dad, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, no, the, the, the tours of the firehouse and the truck, are, it, it's always a good, uh, a good standby with, with all the other parents. Yeah. When you're, when you're at the fire station and, and you're, you're working engaged, are, are there a lot of, you know, firefighters who are also taking on this role of, of lead dad because of their schedule? Or you also talked about, I don't want you to speak for the whole fire department, it's more traditional bound. I mean, is what you're doing among your colleagues uh, sort of exceptional or is it in 2022 becoming, uh, you know, more of the norm? I think firefighters have always kind of had a, a, a small aspect of being lead dads, right? Our schedule just gives us uh, those random Thursdays off or, or the opportunity to coach a little league team. That said, there definitely is a cross-generational divide between, say, the firefighters that were hired in the 90s that I work with versus some of the other colleagues I have that were kind of hired around the same era that I was hired. So the younger guys um, are, are way more lead dad kind of friendly and understand it. They get it. Some of the older guys, like they're very involved. And I never, I don't want to take away from their parenting, but they're a little bit more old school. So reasoning or sharing uh, my motivations behind why I want to be as involved as I am 
sometimes can can lead to um, uh, very colorful uh, conversations as to why guys are as involved as they are this generation and uh, why they weren't in previous generations. But I think everyone grows from that. It doesn't necessarily change their opinions. I don't think I've ever changed anyone's opinion on my job, but it sheds light and it, and I'm able to say, hey, this is important to me for these reasons. Yeah, I think about this. You may not change, you know, look, <laughs> you can't all, you can't change people's minds about certain things, but you, so you may not yeah. change their opinions. But what I found is that in talking about this role and in making it more public and in building this community, you find that there are men out there who were like secret lead dads. Like they were doing this and they didn't feel yeah. comfortable talking about it. And now you're like, oh, you're doing that? Well, I, I'm, I'm doing that too. You know, and it, it, yeah. it, it makes for a better conversation. And then you can share. You and I were joking before we started recording that, you know, if you kind of look at your phone, you're like, God damn it, I can't believe she didn't get into ballet class. You know, you're, the other <laughs> guys are going to look at you like, what are you talking about? But that's a real yeah. thing when, you know, you and I get that, you know, instinctively, you know, you you, you were talking, your, your daughter, nine months old, she, she got some shots yesterday. So like any, any parent, you know, dad or mom, you're concerned about her, you know, how is she going to yeah. feel? Yeah. Of course. Of course. You know, when you're, you know, your, your, your wife was pregnant, you, you knew you were going to have a kid, uh, you have your son was first born. Did you have a conversation about, you know, parenting roles or, or was it something where you just knew that you had a schedule that was going to be, you know, uh, more flexible, not having those constant pings as you said, and you'd be able to really, you know, step in. How, how did that come to be? I, I, we definitely had a few conversations and I think the, the hardest, thing or the most interesting thing I'd say is that I probably focused most of the conversations we had on the good side, which was, I'm going to have all this time I can be there. I probably should have spent more time talking about, I'm also going to be away a significant amount of time. Right. And how are we going to manage those things? And how is that going to impact your career? How is that going to impact my career? Because obviously there's, there's times that I'm away and there's certainly lots of offers to be away even more, right? Overtime, more trainings, um, opportunities to travel and train with other fire departments and other units. And that is probably the conversation we've had the most is, all right, where's the delicate balance there, right? I was raised by a single mother for the most part. And she always had those critical decisions that she needed to make, which is, do I have to call in sick for this, right? My, my son's going through this. I need to come up. And we almost had like a list of excuses, like, all right, we used food poisoning last month. So we're going to say uh, kids have a dentist, point, whatever it is, right? Because yeah, yeah. you're always just, the juggle is so hard. It's so much easier with two parents. Um, and even that is really hard. Yeah. Um, but no, we had a lot of conversations about, um, you know, just the juggle. What is that going to look like? And there was some more unspoken understandings of, hey, those Tuesday appointments, the swim lessons the school field trips, that's probably always going to fall on you. You know, you're going to have the opportunity to move your schedule around or do whatever it takes to say, okay, I'll be the chaperone for the museum and natural history uh, trip or whatever the case is. And for my son, he goes to a preschool. It's a, it's a collective, it's a cooperative preschool. So every parent has a role and there are 10 of us that have roles that are, are such a heavy lift that our partners uh, don't need to have a role. So I immediately gravitated toward one of those roles. I'm on the board and uh, my wife doesn't have to do something at the school. Uh, and there, there's a hundred jobs, you know, it's picking up trash in the side yard, it's snow shoveling, you name it. But being on the board has given uh, me the opportunity to be even more involved, which I love. And it has uh, a, a lasting effect on 
my wife's career in that she doesn't need to make time and then kind of dread the time to do something at the school uh, because she's busy with with her job. Yeah, uh, so much there. But let me give you one tip here. Uh, if it comes yeah. to chaperoning at the Museum of Natural History, that's OK. I've done that. You really yeah. want to put your hand up for the Bronx Zoo. Because the Bronx, that's, right. <laughs> that's where you want to shop around. That, that, that's good fun. Because you get to be like, you know, a kid all over again. You don't have to be yeah. serious. You're like, yeah, oh, look at that. Oh, man. One of the things you said is, you know, and, and I remember this so well, uh, you know, 25 years as a journalist, 13 at the New York Times, where you sometimes have to pass up on things that you might not, that you wouldn't have passed up on if you were yeah. single or if you're yeah. married and you didn't have kids. And you talked about, you know, extra training or traveling to, you know, train with another fire department. And that's all, it's all professional development. It's all entry in your craft because you get to say, huh, I never, I never thought of that. That's what they did when they were going into a building like this, or I, I'll remember that yeah. later on. But this is what they did when they had to get that, you know, man, woman, child out, huh? And you only yeah. get that through experience. Um, and I was fortunate that for the majority of my time at the New York Times, I was a weekly columnist. So I knew exactly what I had to do. But there are times when people would say, hey, do you want to meet for a lunch on a Tuesday? And I would say no, uh, because, yeah. you know, I got other stuff to do. And it'd be, can you meet for a lunch on Thursday? And, and so like I had this yeah. incredible... How have you been, you know, managed that with your own career? So, you, you know, you let past 10 months, you've, you've gone to an elite unit, but how have you managed that so that you can keep fulfilling your own potential while supporting your wife and, and being the lead dad to your, your two kids? It's, uh, it, it, it hasn't been easy. And I'll also throw in there, there's, there's a huge social component to my job. And I think that's largely because there's, uh, uh, it, it feels very fraternal, uh, feels a lot like a fraternity and, Given the high level of kind of risk and uh, some of the uh, almost like PTSD inducing things that we experience together as a group, it's really essential that we all decompress together, too. And we have these experiences, like I said earlier, that only another firefighter um, could understand. So the, the missing out on social stuff, the golf trips, the baseball game, the uh, the open bar, the bachelor party, that's also just as important because you'd be surprised. Everyone gets around the table and maybe has a beer or two, and suddenly we're going back to talking about what we know. It's not always just the parenting or the juggling of the schedules or the uh, the innocuous conversations. It's the important stuff too. There I was in that hallway. I found this door. I couldn't believe I saw a person under this bed. Wouldn't you know? The the apartment had three bathrooms. Who knows? But those sort of um, tangential conversations that only occur in really organic settings. Uh, you, you you miss out on. At the end of the day, that my family is super important. I have to come home to them. Like I have a, a really fun time at work. I'm uh, thankful every day I get to do my job because it's it's a young man's game. I'm thankful uh, even more so every day I get to come home for my job because uh, sadly not every single person I've worked with has had that chance. When it's all said and done, I, I know my family will be proud of everything I've accomplished in my professional life. But what matters most to them is, I think, my time and my opportunity to be with them. And I think those are the memories that they'll take with them uh, for as long as they can remember. So that's, yeah. that's how I, I make those decisions is in the moment, uh, it can be really hard. And I never want to pass up on training or opportunity to work extra, earn a couple extra bucks. Uh, it is New York City after all, but um, it's a delicate balance. Yeah, but what I'm hearing you say is that you know the the balance is almost to to be present in two very different worlds. 
you know, to be present as <clears throat> as a dad, lead dad, as a, as a husband, you know, when you're home and be there with the kids, but also to be present with your your colleagues, with with your fellow, you know, firefighters. And there's something, you know, sometimes a beer isn't just a beer. Sometimes, yeah. you know, a couple beers is you're getting you're you're, you're bonding. I mean, I, I I was fortunate to be able to address years ago, years ago, the cadets up at West Point, and what they're doing up there is they're building this this sense of shared sacrifice. We are all in this together to do uh, this this common goal, and I think it's very similar, you know, in in the fire department. Like you're getting there together, and then you're you're building trust, and you know. I, I can trust that guy. He's going to be yeah. there. He's going to be on my right. And 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 the flip side of this, Jesus, I don't think I can trust into, trust that guy yeah. as much. And knowing those things is really crucial. But it's all about you know being present in two two very very distinct worlds. Yeah, I think um, probably my childhood and experience growing up sort of informed that the most. Right, I'm mixed race. Uh, I spent time on both coasts. Uh, that duality and that shift uh, has always existed within me. And some people have been critical of it, or there's a lot of uh, cultural things that are critical of that sort of code switching, that shifting. I've always viewed it as a, uh, a survival mechanism, as something that I've needed to use appropriately at times to kind of navigate worlds and navigate various extremes and polarities. Uh, that juxtaposition has always kind of been within me. And now I'm just applying it to my professional life and my family life. Max Rivera, thank you so much for being a guest on the Company of Dads podcast. I always like to give uh, my guests the the last word. So, so parting thoughts on 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 being a lead dad from you. Uh, I guess everyone can be a lead dad if they're involved. Just stay involved and listen to your kids. I have young kids, and they just started talking, and there's a lot to listen to. That's great. I lied. I, I want to ask one last question. And that's, you know, yeah, go ahead. if you, if you get the opportunity for training, you're a lifelong New York Yankees fan and you have to go for firefighter training up in Boston, Red Sox nation. Do you go, do you do it? Or do you say, no, I can't do it. I'm a Yankee. Oh man. Oh, man. Um, I, I'd have to go. I respect those guys. Those guys are just as aggressive as we are here in New York city. They have a great pedigree and a great history, but, uh, that's not to say I'm not wearing my Mariano Rivera jersey. I, I, I love it. I love it. Interesting, man. Um, Max, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Paul.